Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? You know, when we were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had a lot of questions. How do you record an episode? How do I get the show into all the apps people like to listen to? You know, best of all, how do we like to make money off this podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to to podcast right away. In fact, that's what we're doing right now by reading this ad. You know, I like to listen to to my scary podcast during the week while I'm at work. And man, let me tell you, it just gets me in an extra zone so I can keep working all day long. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. And we're back with another episode of the High Low Sports Podcast. Right here today with just DJ today. We're no, no special guest on this one. But we are doing something a little special today. We're going bowling. And by bowling, I am definitely talking about college football playoffs. The bowl schedule has been released. And we will also talk about the FCS as well. And maybe even some Heisman Trophy finalist conversation. We'll see. So, DJ, we got a whole list of the football, of, of all the bowl games. Before we get into the picks, are there any choices by the college football committee or maybe the playoff committee that might throw you for a loop or do you think they got it right finally? Based on Georgia getting absolutely destroyed. OU beating Baylor in a really tough game. Alabama being basically useless right now. I don't think normal. And then Utah choking against Oregon, and Oregon unfortunately having two losses. I don't know how you can pick anyone but Oklahoma at this point. The only thing I'd have thrown a wrench in is if Ohio State lost, then it's like, well, shoot, where do we go from here? Exactly. Yeah, no, I, I gotta say, I agree with you. Um, I think the only way anything changes is if Georgia somehow put up a fight against LSU, but honestly, they look like a, for lack of a better term, beaten dog. 
in that game against LSU, it was it was ugly. Like if it's LSU and Georgia, it looks like Baylor and Oklahoma. You could kind of make a case for it, I guess. But we've been saying this all year. You got. I think you you have so many damn. You have five power conferences and four playoff spots to have a no. Just no. Exactly. But since we both agree that they finally got it right, well, whether they got it right by default or you know even the blind squirrel gets it sometimes. No blind squirrel can find a nut every now and again. You know, I guess that must be true. So I guess we'll go ahead and get straight into it. Like I said, we got a complete list of all the college football bowls, FBS bowls. Um, so we'll just get into it. We're just going to talk our our picks for most of them. We'll have a couple that we'll break down. So the Bahamas Bowl, Charlotte versus Buffalo, that kicks us off on December 20th on ESPN. You got Buffalo versus Charlotte. DJ, who you got in this game? How lucky is Buffalo to get to go from Buffalo to the Bahamas? I mean, it doesn't get a whole lot better than that. Sign me up for that type of trip. Same with Charlotte. I mean, North Carolina is not exactly a haven for weather, but I have Buffalo winning. I think they're going to be a little bit too strong. Charlotte's, they have a feeling of a team that we're happy to be here. We're content. That's not what they're thinking, but I think in the back of their head, that's going to be the thought. So I got Buffalo coming out winning relatively close one. I think they'll be in control, but it won't be a blowout. Yeah, I got to say, I'm honestly with you. Uh, Buffalo wins this one pretty comfortable. I don't see much defense coming from Charlotte for this one. I think Buffalo's offense will take the cake. Um, but, yeah, there's not really too much to talk about on this one other than the fact that it's in the Bahamas, and we all wish we could go to the Bahamas. Moving on because now I'm getting <laughs> sad. We got the Frisco Bowl as Kent State takes on Utah State. And for this one, I haven't seen a whole lot of both teams, but I've seen a little bit of Kent State, and I I kind of like what some of the things they can do, especially on the offensive side. So I'm going to go with Kent State. You know, I, I, again, I got I got to agree with you, but I got to say this one's this one's a little tougher. Uh, my cousin is a graduate of the Utah State Aggies. Uh, he did play offensive line for him when he was there, so he might kill me. Hmm. But I'm going Kent State. Uh, yeah, same. I mean, I just don't see. I don't know. Utah State's good. Don't get me wrong; they're not terrible. But I, I, I just for some reason I want Kent State to win. Fair enough. That's, that's basically it. Uh, next up, we got on December 21st the New Mexico Bowl. Central Michigan versus San Diego State. I got San Diego State. Uh, just, I honestly had no reason to pick San Diego State other than it's San Diego. So, why not? I took Central Michigan because I have a feeling Antonio Brown's going to somehow suit up for them again, and they're going to run through. Doesn't he have a year of eligibility possible? Well, I've seen him spell on Twitter, so he definitely needs it otherwise. So. <laughs> but I think Central Michigan will pull this one out. Moving on to the Cure Bowl, where we got Liberty and Georgia Southern. And this one, I went ahead and took Georgia Southern. Yeah, same here. It's all about that God of life, that G-A-T-A. Uh, people who, who know Georgia Southern know what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, it's, I got to go Georgia Southern. Former FCS school, move up. Um, they're just dominant. Same with Liberty, former FCS school that moved up. Um, good to see both, both schools bowl eligible so soon. Um, next up, Boca Raton. The Boca Raton Bowl, Florida Atlantic versus SMU. Uh, I got Florida Atlantic. Um, got to say, like, Harrison Bryant, he's got it. I mean, best tight end in the country. <laughs> I mean, that's that's all there is to it. Uh, really, that's that's what it breaks down to. Who needs, who needs Lane Kiffin when you have the best tight end in the country? That's fair. And I look at it, I think SMU is a really, really quality team, even though they're not really – they're not really one that anyone's talking about. And I think they'll do enough to contain the tight end from completely obliterating them. And with Lane Kiffin leaving, that'll play in the minds of some of the players and coaches. They say it won't, but it will. So I'll take SMU. I understand. Rhett Lashley's a great offensive coordinator or offensive coach for SMU. So this was kind of a toss-up in my book. Uh, going from one Florida team 
that's kind of in the abyss to another Florida team that's in the abyss that everybody forgets about. In the Camellia Bowl, you got Florida International versus Arkansas State. Who you got? This one, I took Florida International. I think they just have a little bit more talent than Arkansas State, honestly. Like, I don't think there's a big discrepancy otherwise other than just the talent gap. But I think the way they play, both teams are similar. I'm just going to pick the more talented team. I feel like you went with a little bit of T.Y. Hilton love for this one, uh, going with Florida International, his alma mater. If he suits up, then definitely. <laughs> but no, I went Arkansas State. No reason. Um, again, I haven't watched enough of the, either of these teams to really have a have a really educated decision, but you got to make a pick, so I'm making, making a pick with Arkansas State. Fair enough. And then we go to the Las Vegas Bowl. It's two teams not terribly far away from Las Vegas. As Boise State takes on Washington. A little bit disappointing to see Washington in not a huge bowl, honestly, considering when I saw Jacob Eason go there, and I'm a big fan of his game at the next level. I thought Washington would be a little more competitive for a Pac-12 championship, but hasn't worked out. That being said, I still got Washington winning this one comfortably. Yeah, how the mighty have fallen in this one. Washington, I mean, in Las Vegas, well, Boise State, a conference champion in a very, very minor bowl early in the season. That's kind of weird. Um, but for me, I got also Washington. Um, you know, it's I, I just... Sorry, Boise State. Uh, maybe I'm wrong again. Like when you beat Oklahoma with the Statue of Liberty, who knows? Yeah. I just I think this is. I, I'm not sure if Peterson's coaching in the bowl game, but if he is, this is kind of a perfect way to send him off against his old coaching team, like the old team he used to coach. I think this is perfect. Exactly. Then in the New Orleans Bowl, Appalachian State taking on UAB, the revived UAB. That they are the reborn again, if you will. I got the reborn again, UAB taking out Appalachian State because I feel like Appalachian State's really good, but I feel like they still somehow are living off that win over Michigan like 10 years ago. I think they sometimes get a little more hype than they should. You know, I, I, I tend to agree with you, except for, you know, they're another one of those FCS-turned-FBS schools recently. Exactly. Uh, coming off of what, it was a three-peat in FCS? Something like and that. And then they moved up. I, I, I don't know. I got, I got to go App State. I like what I saw in their in their uh, conference championship game. Um they I have a hard time that. picking against a conference champion in this 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 bowl. I mean, against UAB. Sorry, UAB. I love you, Blazers, but you're going down to App State. Fair enough. And then next up, we got UCF and Marshall at the Gasparilla Bowl. Gasparilla. I took, I took UCF because UCF is still a pretty good team, honestly. Ye- That's pretty much all I have for it is they're just still a pretty good team. Like They're the quote-unquote uncrowned champions a couple years ago, and they, they lost their quarterback still with a devastating leg injury. So that's kind of dropped them off from being that high level, but they're still really good. Absolutely. I mean, I don't even know who their quarterback is now. It's number 11, uh, but it's not Milton McKenzie. And, you know, he is coming back still, supposedly coming back from the injury. I don't know how he's even walking after watching that injury. That was terrible. Uh, More power to him. But, yeah, I also have UCF in this game. Um, I'm also just kind of hoping he comes back, and that's why I want UCF to win is I I want that dream story. I want to make a movie about that. But next up, we're going to Hawaii, to a luau with BYU versus Hawaii. Uh, ironic considering BYU has a campus in Hawaii. Anyways, not the point. I got BYU beating Hawaii in Hawaii in the Aloha Stadium. I got Hawaii beating BYU in the stadium because they're at home. And I don't think BYU's all that great, honestly. I mean, they've had their moments, but I think Hawaii's going to have a little bit too much firepower. Yeah, I mean, Hawaii is the second highest scoring team in the nation right this season um so I, it wouldn't surprise me if that happens exactly and, and then, next no, up independence bowl my bad miami miami of florida the u versus louisiana tech 
I can't pick against the U in such a small bowl against Louisiana Tech. Nothing wrong with them, but it's hard to pick against the U. I know they haven't been the U in years, but it's still hard to pick against them. Yeah, I mean, the U is still the U. I mean, if you say the U anywhere in the country, everybody's going to know who you're talking about. So I'm the same way. I'm picking Miami. Uh, it, yeah, I mean, you got to roll with the Canes when the Canes are in the game. That's just all there is to that. And next up, we got the Quick Lane Bowl. I have no idea who the sponsor is, Quickly, and I think they're an oil change company. It shows you how many of those that we have around us. Not many. Uh, Eastern Michigan versus Pitt. I got Eastern Michigan. I, honest to God, did not know who to pick for this one. I was just straight up like, you know what? We'll go with the one whose colors I like best. That's fair. I picked Eastern Michigan as well based on what I've seen of Pitt. Yeah, they're okay, but I don't. I just, I am not terribly impressed with what I've seen, so I went with Eastern Michigan on that. Understandable. Next up, we got the military bowl. Is UNC takes on Temple, and your, the body must be a Temple because I took Temple on this one, just because I don't see UNC. This isn't basketball. I don't see them necessarily being that big of a threat. Honestly, they had one. Re- they had a couple really close games early in the year, but they kind of stuttered off in those close games, like again with Mac Brown against Clemson as well as South Carolina. You know, I'm going to pull the transitive property on this one and say UNC is going to win because. They beat South Carolina, who beat Georgia. And they almost beat Clemson, too. Exactly. So UNC wins this one. Their freshman quarterback. Don't know how he does it, but he made some great throws in that South Carolina game. All season, really. Not just in the South Carolina game, but that's just the one that stands out to me most. um, Because that was the most, how did he do that? But I I got UNC over Temple. Uh, But honestly, this one can go either way. I'd be okay with either one. Um, next up, Pinstripe Bowl in Yankee Stadium. Wake Forest versus Michigan State. I got the Demon Deacons winning. Honestly, Demon Deacons is just a fun name to say, even if any other reason. And I just don't think Izzo gets his team up and ready for anything that's not a New York Six Bowl. Well, that's because Tom Izzo coaches basketball. Hey, it's the same thing at this point. <laughs> Michigan State is Tom Izzo, which is why I have them beating Wake Forest. Simply because they have some really good seniors. I saw a few different pieces going where they had a lot of players that have seen some tragedy all kind of united. I think they're all going to come together for this game and have one big who run. They're going to finish it up strong. Yeah, shout out to their cornerback who lost both parents. And then brought both of his dogs out for senior day, too. Yeah, that was that was the most heart-wrenching moment I think happened of all of, in all of the senior days across all of college football. I think that one... The world united is better because of seeing that video. Exactly. And uh, then next we got the Texas Bowl with, ironically, Texas A&M and Oklahoma State. Not quite Oklahoma, Texas, but it'll do, I guess. It's, the, it's the little brothers. <laughs> it's the great value version, basically. I'm going to take Oklahoma State. I think Chudda's going to run all over the place. I think he's going to run wild. He's going to make a case for the next level for himself. I think this is Oklahoma State all the way. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Chubba Hubbard is... The dude's a stud. I mean, if he stays for another year, uh, if he if he has eligibility, I'm not even sure if he has his senior eligibility uh, or if he's a senior this year. Um, if he stays for his senior year, though, I do think he'll be in the Heisman conversation next year. He was in the Heisman conversation earlier this year. Uh, one of the first Canadians to ever be considered for a Heisman early in the year. So that's something to look for if he does stay. Um, but, yeah, Oklahoma State, I think, easily wins this. Uh, next up, we got the Holiday Bowl. With kind of an old school matchup here. You got Iowa versus USC. Iowa who knocked off a Minnesota team that was undefeated at the time. Versus USC who knocked off an undefeated Utah early in the season. What do you see in this one? 
It's kind of funny. When you look at Iowa, they are the, one of the worst offenses I've seen as far as the top 25 ranked teams go. <laughs> yeah, but at the same are. time, they lost to Michigan by less than 10 points. They lost, they, who else was it? Penn State they lost to by less than 10 points. They don't really get blown out. They have a weird way of staying close. They got a strong front seven, a good running game, but they just don't have any explosive explosiveness to them. And USC, I haven't determined, are they coming back yet? Are they back? Or are they just a little less mediocre and overranked all the time? Because they're always in like the top 25 now, but they never they can't crack that top five thing. And they're having trouble with this coaching search, from what I understand too. They're just having trouble getting big names to look for it. So that's tough. But I'm going to go with USC based on all I've seen from Iowa. They can't score any damn points. You know, I I, I understand the pick, but the uh, the Notre Dame fan of me as a kid cannot ever pick the USC Trojans for anything. I feel like USC is one of those schools, they will just forever be locked into a top 25 recruiting class, and that's how they're always going to stay somewhat relevant, just because you hear the name USC, LA Coliseum, like, you know, that type of... It's got a feel to it, yeah. kind of like the Lakers do, it's that LA vibe, you just, you can't say no to it if you're, if you're some of the kids, especially the ones that grow up in the area. Exactly, so, as, you know, all that said, I gotta go Iowa, uh, their defensive line, they got a top 20, uh, top, top first round pick. In one of their defensive linemen, they got another tight end that they're going to push into the league because that's just what Iowa does. And then they got a really good offensive lineman. A couple, they have one projected to yeah. go in the top ten. I mean, preseason rankings for like the draft eligible players. They had the defensive end Epinesa and one of their offensive linemen is top ten rated picks. Exactly. So I, I got to go Iowa on this one. Honestly, if you're Iowa, your biggest your biggest fear is which Nate Stanley do you get? If you get game manager Nate Stanley who throws for 200 yards on 60% completion you're fine yeah if you get Nate Stanley who's shell-shocked and can't move the ball well good luck everybody exactly so I got Iowa you got USC as you can tell this one's kind of a split down the middle this is really a tough tough matchup this is kind of a a big matchup though as far as whether the Pac-12 is coming back and the Big 12 is falling off or vice versa or well I guess it's the Big 10 for Iowa exactly so we'll see how that goes and then the properly named Cheez-It Bowl, where we got Air Force taking on the Washington State Mike Leeches. This one, I got the air raid in Washington State because after they lose the Apple Cup, they always seem to show up in their bowl games. Last year, they took it to a really good Iowa State team that was loaded with draft talent like David Montgomery we've seen show up recently. Yeah. And I think they're just a tough team to deal with when it's not someone you normally play. Like, the Pac-12 sees Washington State every year, so they're a little more used to Mike Leach's air raid and goofy-ass comments every time someone asks them a question. <laughs> Whereas a team like Air Force, who's had a fantastic year, by the way, I don't know if they necessarily are going to be used to it, and I think it's going to catch them off guard early. Yeah, you know, it's that fantastic year you mentioned from Air Force, why I pick Air Force. I will never come out and say that an Armed Forces team will be a selection for me in a bowl game like that's just not what I when I look at bowl games I pretty much do not pick an armed forces team because odds are they don't really care at that point but this air force team after what they've done all season I would be hard pressed to not pick air force uh, I mean honestly you basically have to to move like an act of god to give me from to, for picking air force right now as much as I love the old pirate himself Mike Leach I cannot pick Washington State and I gotta go air force Fair enough. And then next, the camping bowl makes me feel like we're playing Call of Duty. You got <laughs> Notre Dame and Iowa State. Notre Dame, a team that looked like they were heading for a playoff berth early until they ran into Georgia and it kind of stagnated from there. And they played really well against Georgia. And Iowa State, a team with a lot of hype early in the season and 
Probably the best five-loss team in the country, would you say? I mean, Absolutely. The best five-loss team in the country. I mean, come on. This team has – you talk about Iowa playing teams close. Iowa State is like 14 points from being a one-loss team. And weirdly enough, you talked about Iowa and their strong tradition of turning out tight ends. Iowa State has a tight end who's in the, is in the running for the – I can't remember. Is it the Mackey Award? Is that what it's called? Uh, I can never remember the tight the end. The top tight end. Yeah. I believe it's Mackey Award, but – and yeah, he's like third overall. Harrison Bryant's first, and yeah. the kid, the kid from Iowa State, second or third. Yeah, and then you have Brock Purdy, who's a a young but still experienced dual threat quarterback. They still got a good defensive line. That all being said, I'm taking Notre Dame because Notre Dame, I believe, has more talent across the board, and they were a team vying for a playoff, vying for a playoff spot. And if they were in one of these power conferences, they might have a little bit better of a bowl game, honestly. So I'm gonna go with Notre Dame, but that's nothing really against Iowa State. I think Notre Dame just has a little bit more to them right now. Well, you know, I mentioned earlier I was a Notre Dame diehard as a kid. Gee, I wonder where you're going to go with this. Yeah, you know, but the one thing I learned from being a Notre Dame diehard as a kid, you never pick Notre Dame <laughs> to do anything. You never trust them. Because they always let you down. Ah. So in that vein, as much as I love Ian Book, as much as I love what's going on in Notre Dame and in South Bend, I'm going to Iowa State. I just see these Cyclones. I just feel like they're too good. I, 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 I mean, they're five-loss team, but... Honestly, if you're just looking at it on paper, you're looking at football wrong. Plain and simple. I will never agree with all these statistics, people that only go by statistics. There's something to this Iowa State team that is competitive and will give anybody a challenge. And I want to see what Notre Dame does if they get punched in the face again because we saw what happened in Georgia. They did not recover, even though they fought back a couple times. They just could not overcome it. So I think Iowa State pulls this one off. See if they move the ball like a cyclone. Ooh, okay. All right. little mid-2000s flashback there for our – viewers near our age but (laughs) then in the cotton bowl penn state taking on memphis memphis has been really good this year surprising honestly like they've been a really quality team yeah again yet again another year where memphis is a pretty good team i'm still going with penn state though because penn state was up until basically losing at the end of the season they were about to go to the college football playoff honestly they were beating ohio state away from arguably going and they didn't lose to ohio state by a lot i think that's ohio state's closest game of the year as far as final score goes you know that, that might be so but um yeah penn state yeah uh yeah i know exactly yeah. i with this too but it's i can't do it uh, i'm going memphis i'm going the tigers i i penn state there's just something about them i don't trust them to win a game if I can, I don't know what it is. I just do not trust this Penn State team to win a game. If this was Trace McSorley back there, this is Saquads, 100% I'm picking Penn State. Or if this is just Trace McSorley, I'm picking Penn State. But this is a bunch of dudes that just somehow are putting together a season that's not great. It was great. But now it's kind of like you could have been great. Hell, if you just had Miles Sanders back there, it would be even easier to take him too. I mean. Exactly. So I got to go Memphis on this one. It's just, you know, I, I yeah, I just can't. I, I, I can't put myself behind Penn State. And then for the first Responders Bowl, we're definitely not going east, is Western Michigan takes on Western Kentucky. Battle of the Westerns. I, can, I, I couldn't pass that one up. I'm sorry. The best in the West. All right. So <laughs> I got Western Kentucky just because I haven't seen a whole lot of either one team play, honestly. I'm not going to lie. But when I looked at some of their schedule history and just some of the on – we talked about stats recently, but this, that's what I had to go off with this game. I like what Western Kentucky on paper had a little more than Western Michigan. Yeah, we, we talk about an air raid with with Mike Leach in Washington State. Western Kentucky might be an even more deadly air raid. I mean, and they're, you know, mid-major in college basketball, so I'm going to call them a mid-major in football because they're not going to ever be really vying for a championship, but they're really pretty good in their conference. 
So, you know, with that said, I got to go Western Kentucky as well. I just, their firepower is, is second to none. Uh, but next up, we got the Red Box Bowl. Uh, everybody Netflix and chills or Red Box and chills at this point. So, you got Illinois versus Cal. Uh, you got the Illinois team that knocked off, I don't know how many undefeated teams recently, but in the last couple of years, they just keep knocking off teams that are quote-unquote favorites to go to the college football playoff didn't they take out wisconsin this year too or was that yeah that was that was them this year uh so you know i i got illinois beating cal for that exact reason they i just i don't know i don't trust cal either i'm not a big fan of cal and i know illinois has that but i'm still taking cal because i have a weird feeling that i think i kind of talked about the usc i think the pac-12 is starting to come back a little bit i think it's going to start start this year with some of these bowl games we're gonna see the pac-12 team start to show up a lot more because this year it was weirdly competitive. I just think those two lost te- the two lost things is what killed them. When you had three undefeated teams in the playoff, like this was a couple years ago where pretty much everyone had one loss. I think you could start making a case for like an Oregon or a Utah or one of those teams that were at the top of the conference. So I could be a little biased. I could be a little bit just full of poop. But I think the Pac-12 is gonna. This is gonna be kind of the bowl season where they begin starting to come back into the national light a little. Bit. Hey, you gotta start with the, the smaller teams before you get the bigger teams even higher. So exactly. But next up, we got the Music City Bowl, Louisville versus Mississippi State. Honestly, Mississippi State's garbage, so it was a very easy choice for me to pick Louisville. Yeah, this is not <laughs> last year's. This is not last year's Mississippi State team. No, not at all. So I'm gonna take Louisville for the same reasons, even even without Lamar Jackson. I know it's been two years, but he, whenever I think Louisville, I think Lamar Jackson and Teddy Bridgewater. So yep. That's pretty much all I got on this one. Is I'm going yeah, Louisville I mean, as well. honestly, there wasn't really much thought put into this one. It was, oh, Mississippi State's trash, Louisville's not trash selection. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up pretty quickly. <laughs> so now the Orange Bowl, which is a pretty big pretty big one here, but the matchup is not quite what, I was, what you would think when you have Virginia and Florida. It's not that it's a bad matchup, but one of these teams is not like the other one, really, when you look at it. Yeah. So I'm going to stick with Florida because I think they're still a powerhouse team, a top 15 team, where Virginia, I think, is a slightly overachieving top 25 type team. Yeah, you know, you got second place Virginia, got absolutely stomped in the ACC championship game uh, versus Florida, who put up a really good fight all season, but finished second in the SEC East uh, to Georgia. You know, I, I, I feel like this is one of those things, like Kyle Trask has just been so good all season. He had a little couple, a couple off – Games, you know, a game, an off game against LSU, you can definitely say, and definitely one versus Georgia. So I think I don't think he had a, a bad one any other time. I don't think Virginia's going to put up the same fight. So I, I mean, honestly, this is Florida's to lose. The only way they lose this game is if Florida loses this game. Like that's it. And Florida's actually beaten a good team is when they beat Auburn in a pretty interesting game. Like it definitely had a lot of things go their way. Where Virginia's played one really good team this year and they lost pretty badly. So exactly. Not that anyone expect them to beat beat Clemson, but you got to be a little more competitive than that, really. But yep. And then in another ACC versus SEC matchup, the Belk Bowl, Virginia Tech versus Kentucky. By the way, uh, anybody who follows Fo Pelini on Twitter, he was campaigning for Nebraska to be in this game. I'm super glad Nebraska wasn't in this game. Because that would have ruined this. But I think this is actually a pretty good matchup, Virginia Tech versus Kentucky. I mean, it's not. It's kind of your mid-major teams in each conference, but I think this could be an interesting one. Thank God Nebraska wasn't in. They don't deserve nothing right now. They have not <laughs> earned any of it. But I went with Kentucky as well. I think there's a little bit – I think they're going to have more overall speed. I think there's a little more sound. Virginia Tech's really good, but I think there's levels to this, and Kentucky's just a notch above. Yeah, definitely Kentucky on this one. I, I... – I just think I think what they built a couple years ago with Benny Snell, I think is just going to continue going forward. 
Um, then next up, the Sun Bowl. Ironically, played in Flo- or in Arizona. Florida State versus Arizona State. Two really sunny teams, you know. Um, not too much sunny disposition in Florida State, though, right now, I got to say. So with that in mind, Arizona State, the team that knocked off Oregon and kept them out of the playoffs, that's my selection is Arizona State. And for the opposite reasons, I think they kind of peaked against in that Oregon victory. I think that was kind of their high point of the season. I don't think they're going to come in with that same sort of, we made a bowl game and then go after it. I'm going to take Florida State. Part of that's also just the Florida State prestige. They still have some really good players. Even though that entire program is in turmoil right now, they still just have a little more talent, I think, overall. So I'll stick with Florida State. All right. And next up, Liberty Bowl, Kansas State versus Navy. And what can I say? I did it twice. I picked another Armed Forces team over anybody else. I picked Navy. I don't know what I'm doing this year. I think I'm just saying forget it. I'm going to go crazy this year. Well, you can't really go crazy if you're already crazy. But I also picked Navy, so maybe I'm insane as well. Just, I just I don't think Kansas State, I don't think they're trash, but they're not that great. And I think Navy's going to be, it's kind of be the opposite. We talked about the Armed Forces teams earlier not getting up for it. I think Navy's going to get up for this one because Kansas State's still a pretty notable college name out there. I can see them showing up and saying, hey, guess what? We're going we're gonna to crush you. Yeah, and Navy's triple option is... God, That's dirty. Yeah. It's a dirty offense. I, I mean, good luck. If you make one mistake, good luck. Exactly. I mean, with that said, Kansas State can do the same, but I see Navy just dominating. And then, weirdly enough, the Arizona Bowl featuring Wyoming. Thank God for them, right? And then Georgia State. I got Georgia State just because this is not Josh Allen's Wyoming. I just think Georgia State's going to be faster, more athletic, and I don't see much from Wyoming that makes me want to really take them in this game. Even when Josh Allen was at Wyoming, I picked against Wyoming, <laughs> so I'm not going to change a single thing. I'm going to pick Georgia State because every time I hear Georgia State, all I think of is their basketball team in the NCAA March Madness and the coach falling off the chair when his son hit the game-winning shot. That's all I literally think about when I hear Georgia State. Even though I lived in the state, I still only think about that with Georgia State. That is all that matters. Yep. And then remember the Alamo Bowl as Texas takes on Utah. This is a fun matchup because you got Texas, the team that's supposed to be everyone's sleeper dark horse pick early in the year when they ranked number nine. Sam Ellinger, your Heisman Trophy dark horse, all this sort of thing. And Utah, your late-season dark horse everyone's talking about until they choked the bet in the Pac-12 championship game. Basically a game of two teams that everyone who wanted to be smarter than everyone else was taking. And here they are in the Alamo Bowl. Yeah, I think one of us might have been one of those people trying to be smarter than everybody else, namely me and my Sam Ellinger dark horse. Uh, but <laughs> did yeah. You, did you have Sam Ellinger as a finalist? He was He was my dark horse for the Heisman this year, for sure. Um, I definitely thought he could, could make, a, make a run for it. You and a lot of other people. I mean, I thought he had a good chance as well, but not but, like everyone else did. But This is like an old school game of Cowboys versus Indians, if you would. Uh, I, I think in this one, the, the Cowboys do not win. The Utes take it. And by the way, if you haven't seen some of the Utes alternative jerseys, I definitely recommend looking them up because they have some sick jersey combinations they can wear. And I hope they break one out against Texas in the Alamo Bowl. Because it would be perfect. They have a heritage ones that would be absolutely perfect for this game. I agree with everything you said in those last two sentences, but I'm picking Texas. Because I think Texas has more to play for because, like, Sam Ellinger's a young kid. They got a younger team going into next year. They're going to go out there and try and whoop that you-know-what. And Utah, this reminds me of kind of like that Auburn team that played UCF a few years ago that after not getting into the into the playoff, they were a little bit disappointed. They were like, uh, not can't really get up for it. Whereas I can see that that happening to this Utah team because they know if they play their game against Oregon and they come out with the win, they're in that college football playoff. 
Yeah, you know, honestly, I was going to use that comparison for our next matchup. So we'll just jump right into that one. The Citrus Bowl versus Alabama and Michigan. I was going to make the same reference to Alabama. Alabama is a team that odds on favorite to win it all, to run the table. I mean, literally, it just depends on what happens against LSU. And then Tua dies. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, you're, you're shooing to beat Auburn if Tua's, if Tua's healthy. You're shooing to be the fourth seed. You'll just sneak right in there. Don't even have to play in your conference championship. You'll just sneak right in. Well, guess what? You lost to Auburn after Tua's death. You didn't get in the playoffs. You ranked behind Auburn. And now you're playing some crappy team out of Michigan who is literally only known about their khakis being really, really non-wrinkly. So, Damn, are you feeling okay there? I mean, I feel a whole lot of bias coming out in this one. I'm just going to say this hurt me to pick either team, and I kind of wish the whole stadium could have just said, nah, we're good, we don't want to host this, and crumble. But since that can't happen, i got to pick Michigan. So that's, that's all there is to that. That was really long-winded. Um, I, think, I think Michigan's, honestly, they're always overrated every year. I kind of talked about it. I think because they're Michigan, because Harbaugh's Harbaugh, they're always randomly ranked really high. Like against Ohio State, they were ranked like nine or ten. They were like ten or eleven or something like that, for no reason whatsoever. So that being said, Alabama is still loaded at receiver. Najee Harris is still a man amongst children, and they saw the big Molly offensive line and a few good defensive players here and there. I don't think they'll be a little bit too much. I think they're going to run rub shot over Michigan's defense. Probably a forty to twenty type game. I'll take Bama, even though I'm not a Bama fan either. But I can't see Michigan keeping up with them, honestly. Yeah, I just think at this point, I think I'd lose my Auburn fan card if I pick Bama, so I don't know if I can actually force myself to do that. Well, we're going to put your out your Auburn fan card to the test in the Outback Bowl as they take on Minnesota, two teams that, if we had an eight-team eight playoff, they might actually be in those seven, eight spots. Yeah, this is this is one that could have been what could have been if, the, if they had both won out. Um, but, you know, honestly, they're both young teams, though. They still have a chance next year. I mean, yeah, okay, Auburn's losing a lot on defense. Minnesota's losing a lot on offense. But the the other side of the unit, which played outstandingly well in big games, well, they're coming back next year. So this will be interesting. This will be definitely a game that's building towards the future for both teams. Um, Everything I said about Notre Dame being a Notre Dame fan as a kid and what it taught me, I am completely ignoring it for Auburn. I'm going Auburn over Minnesota. Sorry, Minnesota, you're not going to be rowing the boat after this one. It just won't happen. I picked Auburn as well for a lot different reasons than what yours were because I think their defense is going to take it to Minnesota. Minnesota peaked when they were beating, I think it was Penn State, and beating those teams and Wisconsin. And then they ran into Iowa, and that's kind of where I think that just killed all the hype for them, basically. I think they haven't been able to recover since that loss. They just, I don't know, they didn't really look good in the games after that either. So I think this is Auburn basically saying, like, hey, we kind of knew we were going to be in one of these games after we lost earlier in the season. Auburn's shown to be a big play, big game type of team. They show up in the big games. I mean, yeah. And week, I, week one against Oregon, they made big plays when it happened. Alabama, Florida, they struggled. Georgia, they were close with. LSU, they were close with. It's, they haven't they haven't got their butt whooped at all this year, and I think it's going to show this game. Derek Brown's going to go out with a nice bang. Exactly, yeah. And, and the one thing I'll say about this bowl and the Citrus Bowl is the Citrus Bowl is actually for two of the higher-ranked teams in both SEC and the Big Ten. And both teams got picked, Alabama and Michigan got picked over Auburn and Minnesota, both. So they jumped those two teams to pick two teams lower ranked than, than both of them. 
So that's something to keep in mind when you're Minnesota and Auburn and you're watching this game. This is two teams that are jaded. You know, they should have been in that Citrus Bowl, and they both believe so. They, you know, you, the one thing with college athletes, you get better prizes and better, like, swag bags, basically, for going to better bowls. So this is one. They Instead, they, you know, go to the lowly little Outback Bowl, which I say lowly, but you get a great amount of Outback gift cards and stuff. And I think one year they got a TV. I mean, at least both of them are in warm places, too. At least they're not going anywhere cold. Yeah. But they're not going to the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl. Wisconsin Badgers coming off a great three-quarter, two-and-a-half quarters against Ohio State, taking on Oregon, who was a playoff team, slash not quite there, slash peed the bed, slash killed an entire state's dreams. That sums it up pretty well. Pretty much, yeah. I think I got all of that. Wisconsin has the best running back in the country, arguably debatable, arguably one of the best ones to come out in the draft, and Jonathan Taylor. Oregon has one of the better offensive lines and arguably the best quarterback that's going to come out of the draft in Justin Herbert. For that alone, I'm picking Oregon. Because I think what we saw last year, last week against the Utes, I think they're going to carry that to this game against Wisconsin. Not last week, but you know what I mean, against the Utes. I think they're going to carry that to this game against Wisconsin. I don't think Wisconsin's going to be able to score points. I mean, we saw them against Ohio State. They broke out everything in the kitchen sink and got 24 points. Yeah, uh, Wisconsin just doesn't have the firepower in this one. Um, Oregon Ver, Verdan or Verdal, the running back. That kid came. That kid played like he was supposed to be playing all year. And Holland, the DB, absolutely stud. Their young freshman corner on the other side of Holland played out of his mind. Probably one of the best corners in the Pac-12. And he's only a freshman, so he's going to get better. Um, Wisconsin, you have a slants route and Jonathan Taylor breaking out all the tackles. Like, he literally just says, no, you can't touch me. Bye. And then you take him out of the game. Yeah, and then you don't play him in all your crucial downs. So, you know, with that in mind, Oregon, that's my pick. Just I, Justin Herbert, Verdell, that entire offense is just too much. Honestly, they are basically one bad showing and one Bo Nix miracle away from being undefeated in, in that four seed. Absolutely. Let's not forget that first game of the season – Kind of unraveled with Oregon for a little bit. That that kind of rattled him because... And Herbert's knee injury. We don't know if that's been with him all year because that was a pretty gnarly knee injury, and it definitely slowed him down in that game. Absolutely. So, you know, they, they are a miracle from a freshman and a great game from Arizona, which also had a freshman leading the way. So, I mean, two freshmen are the difference from in Oregon season. Basically. And then the Sugar Bowl, and we talked about earlier Alabama... Not Alabama, sorry. Minnesota and Auburn being two teams that this was an 18 playoff might have snuck themselves in there. These are the other two teams that would probably be in that eight-man playoff. Baylor and Georgia, both coming off. One, a heartbreaking loss in the conference championship game. One, a spine-breaking loss, basically. That sums it up well. I'm still going to go with Georgia, even though they got smacked, because Baylor losing their starting quarterback didn't help. I don't know if he's going to be available for this game, and if he is, is he going to be 100%? How is that injury going to linger? And Georgia's still loaded. I mean, Jake Fromm's pretty mediocre in big games, but they got talent across the board. I got Georgia taking this one. Yeah, you know, the one thing I'll never bet against is Kirby Smart when you give him a month to plan against an offense, no, even if it's as high-powered as Baylor. I mean, I'll give Kirby Smart the edge any time of the year. Um, Georgia wins this game by defense, if nothing else. Their offense is decimated right now, so it might have to be by defense. Um, if DeAndre Swift gets back healthy and then, you know, they're able to run on the – run on. Uh, Baylor, then okay, well that'll be fine. But Jake Fromm, you're, I don't know which Jake Fromm shows up is my question. But I, I think no matter which Jake Fromm shows up, Georgia still handles it by defense only. Basically, yeah. And then the Birmingham Bowl, Boston College and Cincinnati. 
I took Cincinnati because this is not a Boston College team that I think is 100% all that great. I mean, they're a really good team, but I think Cincinnati's going to – I think defensively, offensively, they have the edge on both. So it basically take a great game by Boston College. Yeah, I'm going to take my namesake's uh, alma mater and Travis Kelsey's alma mater here in Cincinnati. Um, it's just all about those Bearcats in this one. I don't think Boston College can keep up. Your reasoning is unparalleled. So then ah, we absolutely. go to the Gator Bowl, Indiana versus Tennessee, and – Tennessee is not the only 10 I see, and I think Indiana's going to take it to them because who on Tennessee is really a 10, honestly? I mean, they don't really have any players or any unit that sticks out is all that great. You know, look, this is going to be a really bad dad joke, but I've been saving this one all day. At the end of this game, Indiana's going to ask Tennessee, who's your daddy? And that's just going to be the end of it. So, ask, ask my pick, Indiana, all the way. Moving forward, we got the You don't want to change your pick after that one? No, no, no. I'm just going <laughs> to pretend that never happened. Idaho Potato Bowl, Ohio versus Nevada. Some places say Nevada for some stupid reason, but I got <coughs> Nevada. <coughs> Sorry. Anyways, I got, I got something ne- caught in my throat. I got Nevada taking this one. I think the multi-spread spread type offense they run, this the multiple options, I think that's just going to run through Ohio. Okay. I, I got Ohio on this one. Uh, I just I don't know. I think their defense is going to hold Nevada's offense to a pretty neutral showing, and their offense is good enough, good enough to win a game. There's nothing wrong with Ohio except for the snow and the rain and, and everything in between. Anyways, uh, Armed Forces song, Bowl song joke. I don't think anyone got that one, but all right. Like you said, Armed Forces Bowl, Southern Miss and Tulane. I went Southern Miss just because I have very little to no faith in Tulane. Brett Favre. Is the reason I went with Southern Miss because he has been the quarterback coach for the quarterback there since he was in high school. Um, now he's just like a special assistant to Southern Miss, his alma mater, to help out that quarterback. Um, so I just I got Southern Miss winning this one versus Tulane. We'll know what he'll have, we'll know it'll be an impact if the quarterback throws for four touchdowns and three picks. Basically, look if he starts out the game throwing an eighty-yard bomb and it's a touchdown, you know the next play is going to be an eighty-yard bomb for a pick, if not a pick six. Or he's going to try and rifle into the triple coverage while running. Or throw it underhand 30 yards while running. Either way, it's going to be glorious. Hey, he completed that 30-yard underhand. That was what's crazy. No, the one I'm thinking of was when he threw it away. But. Okay, never mind. All right, anyways. And then the final regular bowl for our coverage, the Mobile Bowl down in Mobile, Alabama. Miami of Ohio versus Louisiana Lafayette. The latest normal bowl. I never understand why this one's so late. But I got Louisiana Lafayette because, well, it's – who cares, honestly? This game is just literally – it's at Latin People Stadium. It will be filled with 500 people, and that's about it. It's just kind of just the end of end of games. I got Louisiana Lafayette as well. I think they play really, really good defense, and I think they're going to keep it nice and close, and it's fun to say Louisiana Lafayette. Actually, more fun to say Raging Cajuns. That's, that's, that's really a big reason why I pick them. Well, let's just go ahead and jump into the playoffs now. You can go first on this one, the Peach Bowl. LSU, Oklahoma, one versus four. Undefeated versus almost five loss, but at the same time, one loss. And the one game that, honestly, I was like, doesn't matter who's playing LSU, unless it was Clemson, it wasn't going to be close. Uh, I hate to say this to Oklahoma. They did a great job getting themselves back in the playoffs. Um, Great showing in in the Big 12 championship game. Jalen Hurts, I'm sorry, bud. Uh, you you know this is where your story ends, in my opinion. I you get blown out by LSU. Um, I got the final score in this one. Looking at 38. Oh, sorry, I said blowout. My bad. I meant close game. Close game. Have a blowout in the other one. 38-35 LSU. I do think Jalen's able to keep it close, but I think overwhelmingly Joe Burrow is just kind of your 
You're a difference maker in this one. Well, you already teased the blowout. Go ahead and do your next game, then I'll go and do both of them, too. So how do you see Ohio State and Clemson doing the Fiesta Bowl? Ohio State and Clemson. Ohio State is the worst undefeated team in the in the league. Nothing will change my mind. They have – I don't care what Joel Klatt says during the conversation. They are not better than LSU. They are not better than Clemson. Not even better than any team outside of the Big Ten. So they get beat 38-14 to because Justin Fields is good for two touchdowns. And honestly, both of those touchdowns are probably going to come from J.K. Dobbins anyways. Uh, but Clemson – Lawrence is clicking on all strides. Those Clemson receivers probably have the best hands out of anybody else in the nation. And, oh, by the way, they all run 4-4 flats, if not faster. Don't insult them with 4-4 flats. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're, they're absolute studs. They're, every single receiver on that team is going in the draft. Whenever they decide to come into the draft, it's either going to be the first round or early in the second. Uh, yeah, it <sighs> – is it even close? And then on top of that, you got Travis Etienne coming in there. And oh, by the way, he's just another weapon that hasn't really quite performed until the last couple of weeks. So former Heisman finalist potentially. And he's just like, oh, by the way, I'm here, guys. Hi. So, yeah, I got 38-14 Clemson pulling this out, setting up a Clemson LSU championship. So in the Peach Bowl, I got LSU. I got LSU beating Oklahoma as well. I have a 38-20. I don't have it as a blowout, non-blowout like you do. I think – What's going to kind of hurt is I think Jalen Hurts was so ex- – if he's playing Alabama this number one, I think it's a whole different story. But because it's LSU number one, I don't think he's going to have that extra something. Like, I'm not saying he won't play hard, but it's different. It's just yeah, different. And we kind of talked about this after that Big 12 championship. You can sort of see his face. Like, oh, wait, I'm not playing Bama? I don't really care anymore. And at the same time, I think LSU, like, Joe Burrow's the Heisman Trophy winner. He should be the first pick in the draft. He's a playmaker. He's at the quickest feet of a quarterback we've seen in years, it seems like, without being a full-on runner. Yeah. He throws dimes. He's got stud receivers. He has Maurice Jones, Drew 2.0 in the backfield. I just think LSU's too much. Their defense has some playmakers, even though they let up a lot of stupid plays here and there. But Oklahoma's the king of letting up stupid plays, so LSU will take advantage of that real comfortably. And this Joe Burrow moment brought to you by Joe Burrow for Heisman. Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, pick, pick one moment for Joe Burrow for Heisman. I mean, his entire season's been the Joe Burrow moment. Exactly. So what about the Fiesta Bowl? What you got over there? Oh, this is such a close one. I th- I had this one being a tough one because they're both so similar, honestly, when you look at it and how they're loaded from top to bottom. Ohio State would basically has blown out everybody this year until the last few games. Clemson could blow out everybody, but they only blew out about 70% of them. They took it easy on them. <laughs> exactly, and that's what I think is going to catch them is they've had a few, a lot of games where they weren't quite clicking. They haven't had a cl- real close game all year, minus that weird UNC one. I think Ohio State's going to pull out 35-30. to 30. I think that Wisconsin game helped them out a lot as far as getting in a, a nut clencher is what you could call it, basically, where it's a really tight game. You have to dig deep and to show they can adjust at halftime, which is a big deal in these type of games. And this is nothing wrong with Clemson because Cle- I honestly flipped a coin. Because I thought Clemson, like you said, ETN, Trevor Lawrence, all the receivers, the catches their defense isn't quite as good as it has been the last few years. Or like when Clemson played Ohio State the last time and smacked them 31 to nothing, And that Ohio State team was loaded too if you look at the NFL now. Yeah. So I think Justin Fields is going to make just enough plays. I'm not on the hype train of Chase Young, which we're going to talk about in a little bit when we, since the Heisman Trophy finals were just announced. He's really good, but he's not – like Nodama Kinsu or those guys that were in the Heisman Trophy consideration that were as defensive players and deserved it. I don't think he's on that level. 
And I think you look at the Ohio State receivers, they got more NFL receivers coming in. Paris Campbell and Terry McLaurin out. This new batch of studs in. And then Dobbins, Dobbins is going to dob it. He's going to Dobbins. He's going to make plays. Yeah. And Ohio State secondary, I think, can disrupt those Clemson receivers just enough. I got it 35-30. You know, just because Arnett pushes people with his club doesn't mean he's going to be disrupted. I was more talking about Jeff Okoda, <laughs> but yeah, him too. <laughs> All right, so you have LSU Clemson. How do you have this one playing out? Uh, I got this one pretty close until late. Um, I think a late turnover by Trevor Lawrence. He gets picked off uh, by none other than the man, the myth, the legend, Grant Delpit. Uh, I think he picks him off late, and it goes from being a close game, about 28-28, 28-31, somewhere around there, to all of a sudden it's broken open. 42-31 is what it finishes. Joe Burrow named game MVP um, You know, to go along with – Basically, everything you else do, you have him doing the Cam Newton, basically. Yeah, everything else he's done this season. Um, I got Joe Burrow just capping it off. But to be honest, I don't think he actually performs until midway through the third quarter. I honestly think their running game is going to be what carries them through the first two quarters for the first half. And I think Trevor Lawrence is going to come out firing, and it will be a barn burner in the first half. And the only thing keeping LSU in it is going to be their running game. So uh, I think it'll be an interesting take because LSU hasn't fallen behind recently, and this will be the first time they do, and it'll be like, oh, God, what do they do? And Joe Burrow's like, Joe, cool. He's just, don't worry, guys, I got this. So I got LSU national champions. So not a whole lot of parity here. because LSU versus Ohio State, I have LSU winning 31-24 as well. I think Joe Burrow's going to prove – I think it's going to be close. I think the running game is going to be the story of it in the first half, especially for both teams. I think they're going to try and play like, oh, I'm going to keep away from Burrow. Well, I'm going to keep it away from Fields. And it's going to be that type of game where – because LSU can run the ball really well too. And when they do run it, it's pretty much over. Once yeah. they can get rolling, it's you can't guard those receivers one-on-one and you can't stop the run game. And Joe Burrow sometimes is like, you know what, I want to run the ball. And he's he has like that weird almost Andrew Luck in college where it's like, okay, I don't want him running at me either. Yeah. Whether he'll juke you and make you look silly or he'll sometimes run people over. It's he can. There's almost nothing in his game he can't do right now. He, he runs the ball like he would be a pure running quarterback. He honestly runs the ball like a running back. Like, it's Toby Gerhardt running at you, but he's 6'6". Six, six, or 6'5", six, whatever he is. And then he just throws a nice little dime right over your head, too, when yeah. you come after him. So, I think this the year of Burrow continues. We, as we know, anyone who's been listening to the podcast, I've been on LSU's hype train since week two or three, I think it was. Like, once I started seeing Burrow play a couple of games, I was like, oh, this is something different. This is different. Yeah. I got to give you credit. You, you called this one early, and I, I didn't see the light until after that Auburn game, and... When he absolutely Heismaned all over Auburn. Mm. I mean, honest to God. By the way, the only team to keep him under 25. And, oh, by the way, according to my predictions, the only team to continue to keep him under mm. 25 all season. Uh, but he just absolutely dominated that that top defense at the time. That is by far the best defense he's played all year, too. And I and, think that defense is better than Ohio State's defense. Everyone's touting Ohio State is the best Ohio State team ever, possibly. Never. One of the best teams ever. We saw what could happen when you go after them. You just can't be in... LSU's not going to be intimidated about day to buy. And they're going to look at Chase and be like, meh, you might get close, but Joe, but Joe Burrow might just make you look silly. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if we see something out of, like, the longest yard where they just let everybody come through and it's Chase Young versus Joe Burrow and Joe Burrow just flips them. Like, <laughs> oh, some Remember the Titans stuff? Yeah, like, just hey, straight up through. Remember the Titans. You know, just some absolute goofy playground stuff just to start the game out. I, Ed Orgeron seems like a kind of guy that would just do some goofy stuff like that. But I can see a whole lot of things going, and Justin Fields is – Fantastic! He's going to be in the Heisman Trophy race next year, too. I think Joe Burrow's just going to be a little too much for him. So I got 31-24. Close early with the run, but Joe Burrow. It's the year of Burrow. How can you pick against him right now, really? I mean, this is like Cam's Heisman year. 
those type of players really just, it's their year. It's yeah. just his year. You kind of just have to accept it. I mean, and, and the one thing I'll say about Ohio State that some a lot of people are overlooking, Justin Fields is a 13-game starter by the champion, by the first game of the playoff. He'll be a 13-game starter. And 11 of those games he hasn't really had to even play because the rest of the team was so loaded around him compared to the opponent. Like, exactly. Like The kid is a young kid. He's still growing. He's going to make mistakes. And in, in your situation where you have them playing in the championship versus LSU – that's a defense that you can't make mistakes against, and I think that if you know if that's how it plays out, that it's LSU versus Ohio State, it wouldn't surprise me if he does make crucial mistakes at the end of the game to kind of force that one to go just awry at the last second. And but, then, of course, just recently announced, since we are both on that, we're both on the LSU train at this point. The Heisman Trophy finalists are been announced. Basically, it's Joe Burrow and three other guys, as we already know. <laughs> so we got Joe Burrow, Justin Fields, Jalen Hurts, Chase Young. We both have Joe Burrow win. We've already <laughs> stated that. I don't like seeing Chase Young in there. I He is a fantastic defensive player in college, and he's going to be a first-round pick in the NFL, probably top ten, and he's terrifying. But in their biggest games, what he doesn't – he didn't show up. He has good stats, but not transcendental-type stats, I guess. I don't know. Like He exploded on Penn State. That was glorious, but – where was he? Where was he in the against Wisconsin? Really, I mean, where was he against Michigan? He didn't really make plays. He's a Dollar General version of Jadavian Clowney. That's fair. That's that's my opinion on Chase Young. He's a absolutely freak of nature. I would never want to meet the man in in, in, in a dark alley because he stands what six foot five, two hundred and eighty pounds of pure muscle. Like I don't want to meet that anywhere. Period. I don't want to like absolutely bump into him or absolutely bump into his girl or something like. I ain't nah. I ain't about that life. But you put me on a football field against him, and I'm running at him every single down because he will be off the field by the middle of the first quarter and not be playing except for on pass rush downs only. And Wisconsin proved that. He did. He did struggle against Wisconsin. He did help make a tackle at the end of the game, but that was an outside run where he could use his athletic ability. When you run at him, you can block him backwards. And Jonathan Taylor was already tackled at that point too. He was. He, he was, was going down inside like, of a defensive yeah. back. Like I think you could. I think if you're not four people, the other three, I think we all agree. I mean, Jalen Hurts' the season is stupid with all the numbers. Joe Burrow is the Heisman Trophy winner. Justin Fields more than deserving to be in there. Man. Absolutely. I mean, I'm not. I'm not debating the the candor of those three. It's just Chase Young being in there just. A year you're going to put a DB or defensive player in there, I don't think it needs to be this year. Yeah, I mean, there's been other years like the Manti Teo year. He was in there more than deserving. Then Odama can sue. There's been other times where it was more warranted, and nobody really sticks out. I mean, Tyron Matthew. Those ones stick out as something kind of cool. Patrick special. Peterson. Like, and he had Eric, Eric Berry during Cam Newton's Heisman year. Eric Berry had a great year that year, and everybody was like, Nah, we're good. Like, if you're going to get – and that's kind of the point, too. Like, he had a great year, but it wasn't quite one of those transcendental special type years that people that are like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Chase like, Youngs is going to feel like, oh, I remember when he got suspended for two games for something stupid. Yeah, and, you know, don't get me wrong. I, 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 I'm not saying he's not going to be a good player in the NFL. I'm not saying anything like that. I just don't think he's as good as people have him up to be because he is only 21, 22, and he's still figuring out the game of football. He hasn't fully grasped the 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 minute details needed to become a next level pass rusher. I mean, it can't just be a bull rush into the left tackle or right tackle every time. You can't just speed rush every time, and that's what he does. Is he get, finds one thing to beat a player, and he continues on that path. Uh, but as for the other three Heisman, the one thing I want to say, I feel like Joe Burrow 
is obviously the odds-on favorite. That's my odds-on favorite for Heisman. But I I think Jalen Hurts is the only person in that the remaining remaining guys that can keep it close. I mean, the guy accounted for fifty total touchdowns. Fifty total touchdowns and like seventy-five percent completion too. And and this is a guy, by the way, who left who got replaced in Alabama because he couldn't pass. Because he is not a good passer. Oh, by the way, 75% completion rate. Oh, 50 total touchdowns. Not all of them were running. Like, come on, man. He has one of the best receivers in the league in CeeDee Lamb. By the way, if you want to replace Chase Young with anybody, CeeDee Lamb is the guy. Well, and I was going to say you could also look at Travis Etienne could go in that spot. I mean, absolutely. I mean, and literally Jonathan anybody Taylor else. can go in that spot. I mean, there's a few other guys I'd rather see in there. I mean, hell, honestly, you could even put uh, what's – J.K. Dobbins could have gone in that spot. Yeah. And if you want to put a defensive player, I got a really good one. He's SEC player, defensive player of the year, Derek, Derek Brown. Brown. The kid was a stud. That he set records for defensive, and he's a defensive tackle. A big defensive tackle. He's a defensive tackle, and he's doing things that Chase Young's doing on the outside. Like, come on, man. Like, if you're going to pick a defensive player, pick the right defensive player. Don't just throw a defensive player in because he's a freak of nature. Anyways, I'm, I'm and honestly, a d- dark horse race could have been Chuba from Oklahoma State too. I yeah, mean, like, man. I just think there were better options for that four spot, but at the same time, it's literally Joe Burrow and three guys watching him pick up his trophy. That's what we kind of already knew that coming in. Yeah, it's it's going to be a battle for second and third. Uh, it's how many vo- votes does Chase Young take away from Jalen and Justin, or in this case, probably more Justin because Jalen's going to get his votes no matter. Pretty much, yeah. So, and we talked about that college football playoff. Now to the actual college football playoff. You know the one that's actually a play playoff to, to, not, the, to the real playoff. Exactly, the FCS Division One football championships. We got the round of sixteen just finished up. We saw all those teams with the bye actually come back out. It's a pretty interesting week of football. So first round of this elite eight, if you want to call it that, we had North Dakota State taking on Nicholas State and. Well, North Dakota State, well, I'm sorry, I got that wrong. That's North Dakota State taking on Illinois State. Illinois State's coming off a pretty good win, taking out number eight Central Arkansas in a pretty convincing fashion, too, 24-14. And North Dakota State only winning 37-13 against Nicholas State. Only 37-13. Only There's slack. But that being said, it's North Dakota State. Only there. the number one team in the FCS and probably in the nation – as one of the most efficient teams on paper. And the, probably the best running attack this side of the Mississippi and both sides of the Mississippi. Yeah, so I mean, honest to God, yeah. That, uh, yeah, this is... They don't even need Garson Wentz. They're fine. So I got North Dakota State winning this one. A comfortable, I think they'll turn it up a little bit more, win like 45 to 16. Yeah, I think this is North Dakota State's, no matter what in this game. I mean, you're playing at the Fargo Dome. Uh, good luck. Uh, it's <laughs> good luck, Illinois State. Is all I got to say. Like, if you come out of here and you only lose by ten, you did a damn good job. <laughs> and they're they're lucky they're playing in a dome because it is cold as hell out there right now. I mean, it's that time of year where a lot of those Midwest to start Western Hemisphere type teams get super cold. Yep. And speaking of that, we got Montana State versus Austin P. At Ooh, actually, in Montana, at Montana State, which is, I forget which city that one's in. That one would be, it looks like that one is in Bozeman. And what makes this interesting is we had four teams from the Big Sky Conference get buys. One of them was Sacramento State, ranked number four, getting upset by Austin Peavy, 42-28. to 28. Yep. That's a huge one because Sacramento State's beat some really good teams. And their quarterback's one of the four finalists for FCS Player of the Year, too. Including this Montana State team, if I'm not mistaken. If I'm not mistaken, I think they did, too. And then Montana State beating... 
Albany from New York by 47 to 21. They ran all over him. So these are two teams that just scored in the 40s and almost doubled their opponents. That and means they're probably going to play in a snowball. <laughs> honestly, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, there's probably some, going to be some snow in Montana coming up this week too. So I'm going to give this one to Montana State based on the fact that they are a real run-heavy team and they play really good defense. I think they're just going to control Austin PV. I don't think it'll be a 47-21 type game again. No. Probably maybe a 28-17 type thing. The, yeah, I see this one definitely being a lot closer. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if we see another 13-10 scoreline like we did last week with you and I, but... Um, I, I do think that's a possibility. Um, I, I mean, it's going to be low scoring, and, and like you said, Montana State plays great defense. So I got Montana State pulling this one out uh, for no other reason than their defense. In it is projected to be pretty nasty weather out there. Um, so you know, that's going to be something to keep in mind. And speaking of Montana, we'll go to the other Montana team. That's Montana number six ranked University of Montana taking on number three Weber State. Now, Weber State kind of squeaked one out against Kennesaw State. They were down double digits in the second half until they pulled it out 26-20. And this is a rematch they played earlier in the year where Montana smashed them. This is one of our first previews, honestly, on the game, talking FCS. And then Montana, oh boy, what a first round they had for them. Taking on Southeastern Louisiana, winning 73-28. They had a receiver, Samari Toure, who had... 12 catches, I believe it was, for 306 yards and three touchdowns. He actually broke Randy Moss's receiving yards record when Marshall was FCS. Yep. So you have a receiver in the same category as Randy Moss, as well as yeah. a running back who has scored over 20 touchdowns and a quarterback who was front runner for FCS player the year before an injury, and another defense that's ranked in the top, I think, seven-ish in FCS altogether. And anytime you score 73 on anybody, especially a team that has 16 FBS transfers at Southeastern Louisiana. Yeah. Montana's a freight train right now. I mean, we kind of talked about how they'd struggled in that, in the rivalry week game against Montana State. It was terrible. But they sure bounced back better than any team you can imagine. That bye week did them justice. I don't know if you, how can you not be peaking at 73 to 28? In one football game, you scored 73 points in a playoff game. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I wonder, uh, did they peak too soon? I mean, of course, it's only downhill from here, but even if you take that 10% down, I mean, I think you'll be okay. Yeah, so I'm taking it you pick Montana in this one, right? It's going to be a lot closer in their first game with Weber State, and this one's in Utah as well. Yep. So I think it's going to be a little bit closer. I don't. It's not going to be 38-14 to 14 or whatever the first one is, and it's not going to be 73-28. I'm looking at 31-24. I think it's pretty close. I think Montana has a little more firepower in Honestly, that's got to play in your head a little bit that you barely beat a Kennesaw State team and you're facing the team that smacked you last, too. So Yeah, I mean, I think Weber State's going to, at home, Weber State's going to come out and be be ready to kill somebody, um, especially considering that nasty taste left in their mouth against Montana the last time they played. Uh, but I, I don't know. I think this one comes down to a last-second field goal, and I got I actually have Montana winning 28-27 um, on that last-second field goal. Uh, it's going to be an interesting one because it's, it, again, just like the Montana State game, it's projected to be a little nasty out there. So Just a wee bit. That field goal might be a little bit of a free, fun game watching that field goal go like, you know, mm-hmm. like basically you're playing in Heinz Field. Um, and then the final matchup uh, of, of, these, of this quarterfinal, you got you and I versus number two, James Madison. Uh, I mentioned you and I. They came off a 13 to 10 win, a very, very close 13 to 10 win. Weirdly enough, it's a team that smacked them 38 to seven a couple weeks ago, and is the reason you and I didn't get a bye. Realistically, it, they're yeah, actually exactly. ranked higher than South Dakota State, if I'm not mistaken. So but here we are. Yeah. So you know, you and I versus James Madison. Um, 
Two teams coming off complete opposite games, too. Yeah. And unfortunately, I think this one, kind of like that North Dakota State-Illinois State game we talked about earlier, I, I, I don't see UNI's offense being able to fu- kind of work itself out to stick with James Madison. And, well, it's James Madison's to lose. Yeah, yeah that's they, really where I'm at with this. They won 66-21. to So they, too, like Montana, oh, my God. Yeah. And if these two teams win it, we're going to have Montana versus James Madison. Because I'm already saying now I picked James Madison. If I mean, that's pretty clear. That could be a fun game but based on the fact they're both coming off of those type of performances. Absolutely. And the fact is, you and I is literally, it's weird because they're both, they're Iowa FCS. They can't score points. No. They're, they have a pretty decent, like, freshman quarterback who makes some weird plays, but their best player was a tight end, and he got injured early in the year. They have some really good defense. They have an offensive line. Like, they have some all-conference-type players there, but they don't really score you as many points. And James Madison, they're a freight train. Like, if it wasn't for North Dakota State, they'd be running the FCS right now. Their only loss was to, I think it was West Virginia, and it was a one-score game. Yeah. Like, that's a freight train to deal with. James Madison, I think, takes this one comfortably. If you and I can keep it within 20 points, I think you're like, okay, we had a decent season. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, you and I, like, we talked about Auburn all season. You and I reminds me a lot of that. They'll just – they'll disappear for stretches of a game where you're just like, where did you guys go? What happened? Like, you guys were just scoring 40 last week. Where's your – where's any firepower? What's going on here? And that if you do that against James Madison, you're going to lose 66 to 20. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I, I, that sets up a, a James Madison-Montana matchup for both of us. Um, and then, what, North Dakota State and Montana State for us as well? If it plays out that way, yeah, which would be interesting to see two Montana teams in the Final Four considering they both have had struggles making the playoffs the last few years. And when they do make the playoffs, they get bounced. Oh, the irony, right? Exactly, yeah. Just comeback season it is. So yeah. We'll see how this week's... And then a few of them are weird timing. I mean, like, a couple of those games are on Friday at night. Three of them are on Friday and one Saturday at noon. Like, a weird schedule for the games, too. Yeah, you know, that's the one downside to FCS once it comes to this time of year. Um, because then you got the Navy Army-Navy game coming in, and they take up so much of a schedule. They only allow so many games. Then you have the Heisman Trophy presentation, the award ceremonies. And it, it kind of throw as much as I enjoy the FBS ceremonies and stuff like that and the Army-Navy game, I want FCS prime time right now. This is prime FCS football. And odds are I'm going to see more players from these schools playing in the FCS playoff in the NFL than I'll ever see of any of the guys in the award ceremonies after three years. Realistically, yeah, that's not a bad point. And we'll see, though. I'm excited because if the, if the FBS did this with the FCS and we just kind of had them overlap a little bit, oh, boy, the college football rank rates would be through the roof. Exactly. I, this This is exciting. I don't know. And I, I like the idea that the FCS plays out where the top-ranked team plays at home, and they don't worry about going to these different bowl areas. But if you want to have these 38 bowls or wherever it is, hang on, let me get the exact number of them. If you want to have these 41 total locations for bowls, which half of them are played at the same arena or same stadium as another bowl game, you know that you can do that. You just have to do it in a way that, like, your early round matchups take your lesser bowls and you slowly work your way up towards, like, a peach bowl, a fiesta bowl, a orange bowl, a sugar bowl. Like, you can easily do that if you feel that's so necessary and you want to get your sponsorship money. Like, there you go. Do it that way. I just – I don't know. I don't like – I don't like the way the F- FBS has it planned out. And I've said this many times. I do wish the FBS would get with the FCS and get on the same page and be like, huh, we can do this. Could you imagine it like this? And it won't happen because it take too long. But a forty-team playoff, like all these teams and bowls, were basically put in a playoff bracket. 
Yeah. I mean, if you take your top five, your power five teams, throw them in a – you get automatic bids, and then you get three at-large bids from the option of the next five you know, conference champions and your next five best teams. And those ten teams kind of – you know, you pick and choose out of those ten teams for the last three spots. You know, oh, that, you're thinking for like the 18 playoffs. Yeah, if you yeah. want to do an 18. If you want to do a 16, oh, God, you can have so much fun. You can have 10 conference champions and then more. Like, oh, boy, sign me up for that. I just don't see why, but whatever. I'm not in charge of it. I don't understand the logistics, but I don't see a problem with it on the outside looking. And the money to be made, too. Oh, oh man, goodness. so much money can be made. I would oh. – Can I get some of that? But Let me let me handle your advertising for that, guys. I got you. Don't worry. I'm not going to – I got you. You're okay. If you need it, we'll do play-by-play or something, too. Just slide us in there. It's fine. We'll we'll, we'll fill the bodies. We'll, we'll, we'll be the extra bodies needed. We'll take the Arizona Bowl on CBS Sports Network with Wyoming and Georgia State. We'll handle that if you need us to. Hold my beer. Here we go. <laughs> but anyway, that kind of wraps it up for this basically all-college football edition. I mean, so all the bowls, the playoffs, the Heisman, it's a fun time. It's the best part for college football. It's, the whole regular season's pretty good, but this is the peak. This is where it gets real fun. It's bowling season, man. This is where champions are made. There's a reason there was that champions video played for so many years during bowl season. It's been three years running for, you know, like 2015 to 2018. There's a reason that this is where champions are made thing runs during this. This is a great time. This is where you get to see a lot of great teams and future great players from some smaller schools that you may miss. And one thing we can just leave you out on, remember if you, remember back in the BCS days when basically it was just two random teams put against each other who people said were one and two? Imagine if we had that this year. Either Ohio State or Clemson or LSU would get screwed out of being in the playoff or would get screwed out of being in the national championship game. So anyway, so as much as we kind of say this 14 playoff is stupid, oh boy, am I thankful we have this as opposed to the previous BCS system, honestly. Yeah, honestly, the BCS would have pulled some goofball crap and somehow georgia would be competing for a national championship somehow we'd have alabama versus ohio state yeah so you know honestly the bcs this is a vast improvement over the bcs but it can still be better we all see it can still be better i just wish ncaa and the fbs would get on the same page hopefully it's going to change soon but that's pretty much all i have for this uh, this college football edition you got anything to throw in at the end no man that does it as as always stay tuned uh we'll have episodes in midweek every once in a while like i said there's not always going to be every week um, sometimes when we have things to talk about, I think DJ's got some fights he wants to, to talk about coming up soon. And so he'll get to that on his, what, Checkdown Thursdays, right? Checkdown Thursday, three UFC title fights this week on one card. A whole lot of trash talk, a whole lot of skill. Very blessed. It's going to be great. Can't wait. We're going to talk about that a little more in depth on Thursday. Absolutely. And then, you know, hey, maybe I'll, I might do something with MLB winter meetings. We all, so many rumors running around. Who's going to sign Garrett Cole? The blank check that the Yankees handed handed their GM to go sign Garrett Cole. What's going to happen with that? It'll be fun. It'll, it's all fun around here. This is Hilo Sports. We just love sports around here, and this is the best time of year for it. So until next time, ladies and gentlemen, check us out, and thank you for tuning in. Lucky Land 
Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Listen, if you're still living with bladder accidents, stop. It's time to get your life back. I was just like you until I found real relief with Axonix Therapy. It's not a pill or a pad. It's a clinically proven advanced treatment. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonix is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com.